0: On the Louisville Cardinals Sports Network from Learfield. This is the Coach Dan McDonald Radio Show. Brought to you by Parlor. Also brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. And by U of L Health, official health care provider of the Louisville Cardinals. Now, live from Parlor, here's the voice of Louisville Cardinals baseball, Sean Moth.
2: And hello and welcome to parlor and to the Dan McDonald Coaches Show. Thank you, folks. Got a great crowd out for our inaugural show, of the 2024 season. As you heard, I am Sean Moth. Thrilled to be here for my 25th season with Louisville Baseball, and I think it's year 23 on the radio. So it's been a fun ride, and looking forward to more. Coach Dan McDonald, of course, joining me. Coach, it's good to see you. You doing well?
3: It's great to see you. I'm I'm doing super because we're still undefeated, right?
2: (laughs) All right, so... 2023, we're just going to – we actually understand the definition of elephant in the room, so we'll address it. Um, is the team going to think about it, coaching staff going to think about it, uh, motivated by it, let it go, a mixed approach, player to player? Do you have specific messaging? I, it was the longest offseason I've had. I know it was disappointing, and uh, I didn't know how you are going to approach that this year.
3: Yeah, I've, I've been asked a couple similar questions the last few weeks. I kind of addressed it. Look, if we'd have won the national championship – you wake up the next day, you have to turn the page. And we, we say it after wins, we say it after losses. Yeah, we evaluate, we're accountable, but we had to win the summer, we had to win the fall, and we're trying to win the spring. We we had to get guys healthy, now we got to keep them healthy. Um, but, you know, we, we got after it in recruiting, and, you know, you just you move on. Win or lose, you have to try to win the day, as we like to say, and, I think to this point, we've done a pretty good job in our preparation. Do you think the players,
2: in some cases, have a little bit of a bitter taste? I know that you know, some of the young guys obviously haven't experienced that postseason, but there are those that were on that team a few years ago that did.
3: Without a doubt. I, I said it today in, the, in our media day that there could be a lot of pros and cons to a group of guys that have experienced some real highs, winning the ACC, winning a regional. Playing in a super regional, and then you have the lows of not playing in the postseason. And so you hope, especially those older guys, take all the good and bad um, because it doesn't, you know, it, what happened last year has no bearing on this year, right? So unless you win the national championship, the season ends in a loss. Yeah. Now, yeah, there are better endings when it's in Omaha. Uh, but it's a new group, new team, new faces with a bunch of returners, and you want to put them in the best position for them to win at a high level.
2: We've got the forms on your tables. We've already got a bunch of great questions, but if you see one of these, you want to ask us a question, go ahead and scribble it down, bring it up, and we'll do what we can in the second segment to get to those. And we've got a few prizes here, and uh, we'll go ahead and just blindly draw from our questions that we've submitted. So... uh, We would prefer that you submit a a valuable question, but if you just want a chance to win the prize, I understand that you may want to ask what our favorite color is. Either way, we're happy with that. Uh, Coach, I've heard the term culture change thrown around, and it makes me laugh because I think the culture of Louisville baseball is in an incredible place. We talk about the pro guys and how envious people are and, and how much they acknowledge way the Louisville way in that. Is there a, a new mindset, so to speak, uh, in terms of the approach this year? You, you've told the story of the Lion and the Greyhound. I,
3: I kind of would like to hear that again, maybe, as it relates to that. Yeah, it, it, the message came out as soon as last season ended. So we've, we, as I mentioned at the leadoff banquet, we hit it last summer. We hit it before the fall and we hit it before January. It's just a... It's a great analogy um, as to how a greyhound lives and how a lion lives and you know the greyhounds all get fed and they're all in the race and the winner the loser those that don't race they all get to eat but the lion is responsible you know as we like to say you know you be responsible for your happiness you be responsible for your health uh, you be responsible for your joy and so the the message of the lion having to you know, survive on its own and take care of its business day in and day out, I thought was really appropriate for our team. And I think in the world of athletics that we're in now, that you just don't want – you don't want to create kids with, a, with their handout mentality. You want to create, as we like to say, we're preparing these young men for life, for pro ball, for the business world, or the real world as we like to call it, husbands, fathers, and I, I think the lion mantra – is a great motivational thing that they can relate to and, and as you said the frustration of coming off of last year we got to go out and earn it every day as
2: if you didn't need new challenges in roster you know management etc the transfer portal has come to fruition and it looks like you guys did a really nice job with what you brought in 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 terms of it's almost always going to be in a leadership type position because they're going to be older kids. But I I like what I've seen from the four guys you brought in.
3: I mean, it's similar to the junior college method of you like a couple older kids, blue-collar kids. The transfer portal, though, is a little more specific because you sign a junior college kid maybe in the fall or the spring. You sign a transfer portal kid in the summer, where we just have a little more clarity what the roster is going to look like. I've been asked the question a lot. we do a great job in recruiting. We love player development. That's going to be our staple. We need to use the transfer portal to just fill some holes, fill some gaps. So I think you could say it's hard to not sign a pitcher or two every year, right? You never have enough pitching. And then I think position player-wise, we kind of just want to wait to see where we're at at the end of the season. What does the draft look like? Who's, who's not coming back, which I think is what the transfer portal plays If we lose a a key position player somewhere, then we obviously at that point have to go into the portal and, and replace that or fill that hole or gap, if you call it that. When you talk about roster management, how challenging
2: is it when summer rolls around and you've got 22 guys in 18 different places in terms of teams, and you got guys lifting, and people are home, people are here. Is it a bit of a challenge? Is it kind of fun? Does it, does it give you a bit of a window into what that work ethic can be, maybe when there's not that internal motivation, so to speak?
3: If you split up the year into, like, summer, fall, and spring, I mean, obviously the spring is what it is. To me, the summer is crucial. I mean, ask my poor wife, Julie, I am not – it's not vacation. I'm not relaxed. I'm highly stressed out. I don't know what the roster is going to look like. I don't know what juniors are leaving or seniors that might have another year of eligibility. I don't know what high school kids are signing um, because, you know, in some degree everybody wants to sign. It's just it, the timing's usually not right. And so trying to handle the roster, I, I said it at media day, Two years ago, we lost eight players that had eligibility and three high school signees. That's 11 players we lost that could have come back. Last year, we lost four. That's a seven-player swing, you know, as to – and so just trying to manage the roster is very, very stressful. When the season ends in June, the draft is in middle of July, and you'd like to know by August 1, you know, three weeks before classes start, what does your roster look like? But if you're going to be competitive, I mean, you got to stay on top of it. And so the summers are just—I mean, we love summer camps. We're sending guys off to get better. We're bringing in the new guys uh, to learn our system. It is a lot of moving parts. And as you asked, add in the transfer portal and trying to recruit kids uh, in that last that 23rd hour—it's it, stressful. <laughs>
2: This is the third time you've taken a Louisville Cardinals team to the Dominican Republic and uh, your, your sports information director Stephen Williams and I were talking earlier those other two teams were, were pretty decent in 2016 and 2020. Uh, what did you see this year in that experience for the team if it was different and maybe for you as you've made multiple trips down there with the team and on your own. What, what did you get out of it? Is it does it evolve does it change for you.
3: It does. Um, It's why I'm wearing this shirt tonight, and we see some some fans here, and I even got some giveaways. The dugout club is instrumental. It's just not a trip you can budget for. We have to kind of raise the money for it. Um, It's something I vowed to do and promised our players, our program, every four years. I will try to take the team to – it doesn't have to be the Dominican I want to be open to maybe other things out there. But as we've learned to go to a third world country, to serve uh, the people down there, whether it's at the girls' orphanage or the villages or the clinics, and then to open up my players' eyes to baseball in other countries, because it all comes together no matter where they are, right, even the Asian players. It seems like everybody's trying to get to the big leagues, so the Latin American players or the Asian players or the, the world is trying to play in MLB, and there's only 800-plus spots. It's very educational for our players who also want to play in the big leagues. You're not just competing against the best players in the ACC or the SEC um, or signing out of high school. You're competing with the world. And, I, and as we look at those pictures of the teams that have gone – I I do think it helps them from a maturity standpoint as to what it's going to take for them to to ultimately reach their goal of playing in the big leagues. Fantastic. Fall ball, Uh, competition,
2: Uh, the pizza bowl, uh, you had a couple of uh, scrimmages, so to speak, but they basically were were full-on games. What did you see from the team this fall? I know that there were some, some young men that you would have liked to have seen on the field that can't be on the field, and that's typical. But uh, what did you see from fall ball from this year's squad?
3: Well, it's, it's very competitive. Yeah, you said the four transfer portal guys jumped in, did very well. I think the reason they did well, uh, we have an older team. Uh, had the, Julie and I had the 11 seniors over the house the other night. Uh, I met with them showed him a little video and i told them the story about how in 07 we took the nine seniors on stage uh at the missouri regional we weren't real popular at that regional, i'm still paying and,
2: for that yeah and,
3: and th- they weren't they weren't too thrilled that we won that regional and they really weren't thrilled the media when we walked on stage with all nine seniors standing behind me and i i told that story to the 11 seniors because i see similarities in this group like. There's a reason you're here as a senior, a fifth-year senior, whether you're coming off an injury or coming off a down year. um, You didn't get drafted where you wanted. You still have more to prove. They all have their own story. Like that crew had their story, Boomer Whiting, Tristan Magnuson, Logan Johnson, Dan Burton, you know, like Chris Cates. They all had their story as to why they were still playing at the University of Louisville, and and so I – I hold a lot of stock with these older players in our program, uh, and they've done they've done a really nice job of leading the younger group uh, as well as, as we said, the transfer portal guys jumped right in and didn't seem to skip a beat. I love
2: the fact, too, that one of those seniors, a fifth-year Skyler Meade, now the head coach at Troy. He's a Ballard kid, and uh, that was a fun moment. That was a great group. How different – Is spring practice from fall ball? There, there seems to be, despite the competition, a little more of a laid-back feel to fall. To me, maybe that's because the urgency is not there. But what what do you want to? Do you want to see a a switch flipped as you get to spring practice? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that you know, New Year's rolls around and team rolls the ball out there, rain or shine, gets the practice going and and gets key preparation for the season.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think as coaches, we want every day to be productive you know uh, we'll have initials on one of our shirts EIE earn it every day I mean the great ones just show up every day summer fall you know we we talk a lot about preparation but I'm a realist and I to me when you go to that leadoff banquet and the kids put on that suit and tie and they look out over the crowd I, I do think that's a realization moment where they're like wow this season is here. It's, it's upon us. Um, but you know, we hope as coaches, as as a program, that we've prepared them for this. And it doesn't matter as long as I've done this. There's just something different about when the lights are on and you're playing another opponent. As much as you prepare for the weekend starters and who can be the closer and all these roles, until you run out there. And you don't want to use it as a pass. You still want to win the games. But, you know, as, as I've learned from the great Skip Burtman, you, you can't be afraid to lose a game in February that could help you win a game in June. You know, so you just you, you got to stick to what you believe in, uh, run out there, and let's, as I've told our team and our coaches, we're not going to win the national championship this weekend in Florida. Um, we want to win, believe me. I I, I don't know. I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody as to who wants to win as bad as I do or who hates losing as much as I do. Um, But I have to understand it's part of the process. And um, let's go down there. Let's see where we're at. Let's learn and grow and just get better and better. And and as you say that, though, right from last year, right, we got to get healthier and stronger as the year goes on because it was kind of the opposite last year.
2: Well, two and a half days, and we are playing baseball. So that's exciting. We're going to take our first break. We're live at Parlor in J-Town off of Rock Regal. We'd love for you to join us. We've got a number of coaches shows this year. You can check out the website, gocards.com, for a schedule. We'll be back after our first break. Thanks for joining us on the Dan McDonald Coaches Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Parlor in J-Town. It is the Dan McDonald Coaches Show, our inaugural edition, so to speak, in the 2024 campaign. We're so glad you joined us. I'm still getting used to saying 2024. The folks here have supplied us with a ton of great questions. Everybody that submitted a question, we're going to register you to randomly draw for one of these prizes here. Let's dig into them. Ray and Paul both want some details on NIL, name, image, and likeness. How how does that work?
3: Uh, You can join the 502 circle. Uh, they, you know, trying to collect a bi- as big a pool money for baseball uh, as you can get. And I think you have to balance it. Um, I think there's maybe three ways you can use it. In the transfer portal, it, it seems like, you know, that they're, they're interested in what NIL opportunities might they get. And with the number of suitors out there, it seems to be a big, big decision part of the process. Um, if an older player wants a return, You know, hey, coach, maybe you don't plan to have his scholarship as an older player because you thought he was going to sign in his junior year or as a senior and he wants to come back for that extra year. I think that the NIL has been able to help that. And then I think, you know, just sometimes in the program, the exciting thing for college baseball coaches is we just don't have kids on full scholarship. So any way you can help balance the cost of tuition or dorm or meal card, um, but we're not there yet. We're, we're not where we need to be, I believe, as a program. I think ideally you'd love to have, you know, 40 players on what you would call a full scholarship, give or take, or uh, but we're, we're not there yet. I just I think we're heading in the right direction. But, you know, th- this will be a big spring and big summer.
2: And I'll just make two points. One, he kind of alluded to, 11.7 scholarships for 40 athletes. That's the scholarship limit. That's all you can offer. And I think the other point, too, is if you're, you're thinking about name-image likeness, I'm, I'm not a big booster. I don't make a lot of money. You know, if you throw $50 into the till and 100 people do that, do the math that that's going to add up really quickly so it's not quite the no donation is too small but you know every little bit is going to help and it's going to help the kids and I think we're in an era that uh, the people that are uh, most deserving the coaches and the players are are getting and you
3: said it's just like our dugout club $50 150 yeah we we got some that give five and ten thousand but I mean we love everybody and so the more people that get involved and and I think they have options, season ticket holders, dugout club, NIL. I, I hope something something fits your bill and you go, man, I'd love to support them in that cause. Yeah, yeah. Any
2: rule changes this year of note? This is from Debbie.
3: Uh, the rule changes, we're in a two-year cycle. So even though we usually everything trickles down from the big leagues, we're in year two of what we had last year. So not a ton. Uh, you will see the visible pitch clock. That is a rule change. So. There'll be a pitch clock behind home plate. There'll be a pitch clock in right center. So, you know, like the shot clock in basketball, everybody can see. uh, You're going to see that in baseball. It's a 20 second pitch clock.
2: And we'll encourage counting down the opponent's pitchers. You know, if they're getting close, give me a little countdown. It's good. It's good. Uh, Also, We've got a ACC representative on the Baseball Selection Committee this year, right? D- am I recalling that correctly? That's a nice – not a rule change, but that's a nice change.
3: Yes, yes. It's the Florida State Athletic Director.
2: I like that. Okay, Ralph, any new rules? We got that. Um, oh, Ralph is asking about home run celebration. Are we still stuck with the uh, kids can't have fun after they hit home runs?
3: Unfortunately, yeah we, yeah, we can't celebrate on the field. So they celebrate in the dugout. We still have the home run helmet. We still do home runs for Hope, uh, which uh, – Great cause, helping Gilda's club uh, keep their doors open and all their great programs. So we're still celebrating home runs, and we're still doing great things with it. We just got to celebrate in the dugout.
2: What are you going to do? They'll learn someday. Mm -hmm. Mark wants to know, how much importance do you put on the ACC tournament?
3: As I said, I'm beyond competitive, and when we go to ACC tournament, I promise you, we're going to win it seems to be a blessing most times. It's, you know, only one great team's going to win it. We seem to rebound pretty good when we don't win. Like, it really gets our attention, and we come back, and we seem to have great preparation going into the regionals.
2: Yeah, that's five trips to Omaha without a conference turtle, uh, title. So I think that's good, or turtle, either one. Kevin, how about our speed on the base pass? Now we're talking your game.
3: Yeah, we're going we're gonna to put out a nice balance of speed. You know, um, we never want to be one-dimensional, but, you know, I think you'll see some younger players uh, like a, maybe a, a Lucas Moore or a Zion Rose, uh, Alex Alisea, Dylan Hoy. We, you know, we brought in some new faces that these guys run well, and then you got some returners. Benson and Humphrey and King, and, you know, they, they should all, you know, I'll say Keelan. He better, I was going to ask if Keelan's yeah, going to steal a bag yeah, or two. Yeah, he better run, run a little faster this spring, which I think he will.
2: All right. Debbie and Craig both want to know about uh, the rotation and uh, the weekends and maybe the closer. I know that we saw, if you were at the leadoff dinner, that Sebastian Gongora, transfer from Wright State, came to the banquet in the Lamar Jackson Heisman jacket. It's his first year with the program. I thought that was a pretty savvy move. And from what I understand, you're handing him the ball on, on Friday?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, he, he earned it uh, by what he did when he got here and been very consistent. Uh, I, I give a lot of credit to that older pitching staff that they're competitive, but they support each other. They push each other. I feel really good about our options, you know, when Riley Phillips has started ACC weekends. Carson Liggett has started ACC weekends. Evan Webster looks like he could pitch in any role. Evan could start. Um, Patrick Forbes is making a move. You know, he won't pitch necessarily in Florida this weekend, but I love our options. Um, but, you know, I'm sure, like, Coach Williams and these guys do a great, let's just get outs. Like, we, 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 need, we need guys to win the first inning, win the first inning segment, get through the lineup, and and like Justin Amlung, who went yeah. from, you know, pitching in the bullpen, Amlung went from getting one out to three outs to six to nine. And before you know it, like, hey, let's start this guy. And he's conference pitcher of the year. Yeah. So my my message to the pitchers is focus on getting outs. And the more outs you get, the more the ball gets flipped to you. Uh, and we'll see. I think in the closer world, I think we have plenty of options. Um, obviously, they can't all start and close, but I I, I look at – Jake Caraba, uh look at Will Coger, Tucker Biven, the, the guys, if they're not starting, if a Raleigh Phillips is not starting or a Webster is not starting, like, I think these guys have the ability to get outs in, in just about any situation. Uh, I think Corbett, yeah, with all his experience. Yeah. So we, we feel good about our options. But like I've said, it's not that year that you have Detmers, Miller, you know, and Bennett. It's just it's not that type of year, but doesn't mean we don't feel really good about them.
2: We'll have a chance to talk with Mr. Liggett here in a little bit, too, which we'll uh, be eager to see his debut. Digital signs for base runners and maybe just digital signs in general. I know it's been pretty positive feedback. The the pitcher and catcher both have a wristband, and usually your shortstop as well when pitches are signaled in, but offensively I don't think that's the case.
3: Every position player on defense will have a wristband on. So when a pitch comes from the dugout from Coach Williams, the pitcher, catcher, and the other seven guys are going to get that pitch – so you you know you really have no excuse now to screw up a pickoff, or you know a sign that maybe an infielder didn't see. Um, nothing's 100%. Man, it's pretty clean. It's pretty efficient. Nothing yet on the offensive side. Um, they're still using some numbers and they're still using kind of the arm band, like excuse me, the catcher band, but not digitally yet.
2: Boomer Whiting never looked in the dugout when he was on first base. <laughs> you can go when you want Oh, to, right? he looked. I just gave him the, you know, just go. That was the easy one. Yeah, go. Uh, Hayden, we already talked a little bit about Patrick Forbes. Uh, Levi, which position player showed the most improvement in the fall?
3: Uh, I, it's, I don't ever like to really single out one guy. I am adamant about the longer in our program, man, so – I think of just second year guys. I think of Orion McCoy. This is really Eddie King's second year. Mm. This is, you know, Gavin's second year. The two catchers, right, Beerling and Klein, that yeah, they're going to get a little bit of a pass because they didn't get to play in the summer and the fall. But I just, I love seeing the jump from year one to year two, how much better and comfortable guys get in our program. So then, yeah, Humphrey, Beard, Benson. I mean, this is year three and four. like So I'm, I'm very optimistic about those guys that are going into year two, three, or four. Chip asked
2: about Klein and Veerling. We gave a little Cliff Notes version there. Rachel says, some major league teams don't bunt. How's the bunting game?
3: Uh, we, we just want to have balance. I mean, we're going to – we need to bunt. We need to sack bunt when, the, when it presents itself. We need to bump for hit, especially, I think, with all these shifts. I mean, I think McCoy – or all my left-hand hitters. Yep. Anderson, I don't know if they shift as much on Veerling or Klein. But, like, if the bunt's given to you the value of getting on base, that's what we talk about, the value of base runners, I think, I, I think you should see us bunt more often and just try to take advantage of whether we still have the shift. So, again, we haven't changed that rule yet like the big leagues, but I think eventually we will. I think eventually the bases will get bigger and they'll eliminate the shift. And, and I think we should follow most rules, if not all, of the big league rules.
2: So opening weekend, we've got uh, Don and Jill Delaney throwing a little gathering as part of the alumni club down there. And there's a tailgate. If Anybody heading down to Tampa? Anybody going to be down there? All right, we've got a little tailgate there. So uh, it's just outside the stadium, I think, right by that, uh, right behind home plate, it looks like, actually. And I have not been to their new facility, but Indiana State, USF, who uh, Chris Cates is an assistant coach with the Bulls, and UConn, and maybe you don't hear it and think, oh my gosh, those are Omaha teams. But I'll tell you what, Indiana State was in a Super Regional. UConn, I mean, Coach Penders is one of the most respected coaches in the business. And uh, Billy Moles did a nice job at USF. That's a good trio of games.
3: It's, it's really interesting. All four programs have been in a Super Regional in the last three seasons. And you know the Super Regional, man, you're, you're two wins or one win away from Omaha. Uh, I'm looking at Indiana State's numbers right now because they're coming off the Super Regional last year. They hosted a regional, so it's like – it's impressive. I mean, you you see why they were in a Super Regional last year. Yeah, they lost some guys, but they return a lot and they've got that momentum going. Uh, UConn is just a machine. Um, And then when you're playing South Florida at home in their own tournament, we have the Saturday, I call it the feature game when you play Saturday afternoon – It'll be a great test for us, and I'm looking forward. Great alumni group down there. They feed us Sunday. They they welcome. I'm just telling you, all tailgates Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's a post tailgate. All family, friends, alumni, everyone's invited. I mean, it's it's really cool. You you wear the red and black. It's a it, it's a cool showing down there. I, I'm I'm so proud of our fan base and our alumni and how well everybody gels down there.
2: Definitely have some great memories in Tampa and down at Clearwater and St. Pete in that area. So looking forward to it. Coach, we're going to turn it over to the players. We're going to number these questions, draw a couple prizes, give you a chance to maybe say hey to Coach, but excited for the season. We appreciate your time. We'll look forward to uh, talking to you this weekend.
3: Thanks for the parlor, and thanks for everybody coming out. Look forward to the spring.
2: All right, we'll step away. We'll come back with Gavin Keelan. This is the Dan McDonald Coaches Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Parlor in J-Town. It is the Dan McDonald Coaches Show. Again, my name is Sean Moth. Great to have you along, as always, as we are set to embark upon the 2024 baseball season. I'm trying to keep my composure as I'm joined by Carson Liggett because he is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. (laughs) All right, give me your thoughts on the Super Bowl. I I need to hear it.
1: Uh, It was really fun to watch, obviously, but um, I'm with a bunch of people that don't like watching the Chiefs win. So we watched it t- We all watched it together, and they were all rooting for the other team. So it was really fun to watch the end of the game. My, my family,
2: my friends, asked me a prediction of the game. I said, I think it's going to be close. I thought it would be a little more entertaining, but I think, unfortunately, the Chiefs are just going to figure – Andy Reid's going to figure out a way to win the game. Yep. When it
1: went to overtime, Mahomes got the ball. You were pretty confident, weren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I was trying not to get too confident because every postseason game this year I haven't been very confident, so – I'm just trying not – I wasn't trying to assume they were going to win. Can you just let Lamar have one or two here in the next couple of years? We'll see. Okay. I appreciate that.
2: Second team all ACC, 14 starts, 7-2, and two, 342 area. Breakout season for you. What was the biggest difference from 2023 – or 2022 to
1: 2023 for you as you adjusted to college baseball? I would say just confidence. You get um, – like freshman year I got a little bit of a taste of starting towards the end of the year. Um, but just being able to get get off to a good start um, at the beginning of the year made me um, a lot more confident throughout the season, and as a pitcher, confidence is your biggest biggest, um, thing for you.
2: Yeah. Uh, Second team all-ACC, as I mentioned. Also, all-ACC academic, and if you need more of an indication of that, you saw me go, yeah? If you need more of an indication of that, I said we'll be back with Gavin Keelan. Stephen Williams said, no, 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 we're we're doing Carson. He's got homework tonight. So this is the dedication – I know that meant something to you, though,
1: academic team. I mean, that's fantastic. It's not easy. Oh, yeah, it's not. I'm a business major, and it's not as easy as the sports administration major. But, yeah, I try to work hard at school.
2: I like it. I see the Royals lit. Obviously, you're, you're the Kansas City, Missouri, through and through. Uh, what do you think about the Royals this year? they got a big long-term deal with Witt. He's a superstar. You need a few more arms, but they're going to be better, aren't they?
1: I think so. I haven't really been paying much attention to them since the um, World Series. But, uh, they haven't been too great in the past few years. I actually got to go to the Game 7 of the World Series. They lost and then I went to like Game 4 or 5 to the World Series. They won, uh, but it was fun to see them be good in 2014-2015.
2: Yeah, that was fantastic. I have a close friend that's a Royals fan, so i shared in that joy. We
1: talked about the Dominican Republic trip with coach. What did you take away from it? What did it mean to you? Uh, I've been to Dominican once when I was younger. We did like a it was a vacation, so we were just on a resort, but uh, we didn't get to see, like, the true Dominican like we did uh, this past trip. Um, it, it, I mean, it was life-changing, I could say the least. Um, we got to go to the gor- girls' orphanage. I think that was, like, the most impactful because these, these are little girls that are under the age 18, and they've gone through, like, terrible things like uh, sex trafficking, child trafficking, and you just are, you hang out with them, you dance with them. And they were just so happy, you could never tell that they've had these horrible things happen to them.
2: Yeah, the, the images and the videos get you kind of choked up, the yeah. kind of joy that they just bring to, to everyday life. Yeah. Uh, summer and fall for you was a little different than you wanted it to be. I know you've been battling through some injuries in that. How was your summer and fall, and how is your health now?
1: Uh, I, mean, I was just trying to get through every day, um, just try to work hard in the training room, work hard in the weight room. But um, I'm 100% now, so I'm looking forward to the season. What, what
2: did you want to do to improve? I know a lot of guys, as they get more comfortable, tinker with a cut fastball, tinker with a splitter, tinker with maybe adding a pitch, refining a pitch, focusing on one single pitch. What, what did you do specifically? Because I know it was more difficult without the physicality of it, but there are still some things you can do from the mental side as well.
1: Yeah, um, I, I try to work on um, – because when you're, when you're injured, you um, see people around you being successful, and it's hard to watch because you can't do anything about it, but – Um, Just believing what you did last year just helped me get through the uh, healing process, and um, I think I'm in a really good mental state right now.
2: Your director of player development, Michael Allman, is a technology guy, Mm -hmm. and he brings a lot of technology to baseball. What role does that play for you in the game?
1: Um, I'd say it's really helpful for when things aren't feeling right, like uh, your pitches aren't doing what they're supposed to do or you're trying to improve pitches. It's um, really nice to look at the metrics and get help on what they mean because – There is a lot of metrics, and I don't really know what all of them mean, but um, that is helpful when things aren't going right.
2: Carson at our guest, if it makes you feel any better, nobody in the world knows what all the metrics mean. (laughs) Some are just made up. Uh, um, Dan talked about the transfer portal. Talk a little bit about some of the newcomers, and maybe just in general, as they like to say, how's the room this year? How are the guys?
1: It's good. Um, We had uh, probably actually over half a new team coming in, transfers and freshmen. Um, but the transfers, they're, they're all older, so they know what it's like to be in college baseball. And that was a very easy transition for them to like, be a part of the team and hang out with us and stuff. Um, all the freshmen, they, they uh, adapted pretty quick too. Um, they know what we did last year, and they know that's not gonna happen again this year, so they came in ready to work.
2: Have you taken it upon yourself to play a little more of a leadership role or maybe even more specifically seek out a freshman or two to kind of take under your wing and show yeah. the ropes? Because I'm assuming somebody did that for you a few years ago. Oh, yeah, ago.
1: yeah. For me, that was Tate Keener. He, um, he showed me how how things are run. But uh, it's more about just like being there when they need you. Um, uh, there's a lot of things we do in practices that it just takes a while to get used to. Uh, so just being there on their side is what they want and giving them confidence if things are going right. but baseball isn't easy, so we're just there to help him.
2: That's a great point. I'm going to have to ask Keelan about this, but I always wondered how guys learned how infield goes. Uh, it's like it's choreographed, like it's, it's a thing of beauty, but it's mm-hmm. gotta be, there's got to be a lot to learn, and it's nice to have an older guy. Now let's get to the really important question. Favorite uniform?
1: Uh, my favorite uniform to wear would be the Astros, but my favorite uniform look-wise is probably the Ollie's.
2: All right. I, I think I would agree on both of those, although I don't wear the uniform. That would be <laughs> awful. Um, new uni. Did you get a look at that on social? Yeah, What do you, yeah. what do you think?
1: Uh, I like it a lot. It looks really good. It's just the inverted of our new one last year. Yeah. Um, and the pants that are with it, I like them too. They, Got they the black good. and the red. Yeah.
2: Interesting. You excited for this
1: weekend oh yeah the, um, first weekend's always the most exciting
2: we're gonna roll the ball to you on sunday against yukon correct yep how yep. much work on the scout do you do ahead of time how much of that is more as we get to the weekend
1: um i i start paying attention to that once we're in florida um but it's actually cool because yukon was when i made my college debut there last time we were in florida so it'll be fun to see him again
2: always giving me notes for the broadcast yeah. i really appreciate that folks Let's have a hand for Carson Liggett, and thank you for his time. Carson, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. We'll see you down in Florida. Thanks for having me. Carson Liggett, our guest, our final segment on the Dan McDonald Coaches Show coming up next from Learfield. Back at Parlor in J-Town for the Dan McDonald Coaches Show, and uh, who's, who's had wings? Who had wings tonight? Okay, how about pizza? How about, how about a cold adult beverage? Anybody? said? All right, I'm on board for all three. We're having a great time here. Appreciate everybody that showed up. We had some great questions for the crowd, and I want to announce our two winners. Uh, The other Matt Keck is one of our winners, and Craig, who asked about the hitters and the weekend starters. We drew these randomly. We've got two prizes up here, first come, first serve, unless you want to negotiate. But we've got a hat, we've got a shirt, and if our two winners want to come on up and grab these, as long as we don't have a drawdown brawl or something, we're in good shape. But... Congratulations and joy, and we thank you for supporting us. Really appreciate it. All right, Gavin Keelan is here, a sophomore infielder from Milton, Wisconsin. I'm going to jump out of the gate with what's been the biggest change in a fall to spring as a sophomore compared to when you were here as a freshman and everything
4: was new. I think you said it perfectly right there, just being new. Everything's um, so much different, you know, from coming from high school to college setting. Um, then now being in the system for a second year, now it's a lot easier to be a part of it and – know what's going on, what's happening, where I need to be, and everything else that goes on.
2: Now, you won a state title in high school, but correct me if I'm wrong, there was kind of a crazy finish (laughs) or faux finish to that game, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And you were featured in that finish, right?
4: Yeah, I was the runner that scored, so it went viral. Um, And it was basically the runner It was bases loaded. uh, We were up 10 to 1, and the the batter walked. But he didn't run to first base. And that meant that we walked, We won the game on a walk-off run rule. So I ran, touched home plate, like threw the helmet. We all tackled home plate. Well, the team throws the ball to first, call him out. They throw the ball to second, call him out. They're like, all right, like run doesn't score. That's third out of the inning. Well, they actually, I think they went to replay. I, and, and they looked, and the runner was on first, touched second. So it was only two outs. So even though he didn't run to first, there was only one out. That was two outs run still counts.
2: That, so. was, that was hero to goat to hero again, and uh, what, was, what was that dogpile like? Even it was, though it was cool. a little anti cool. It was two dogpiles,
4: actually. Well, they, there, was there was one the at one. home plate, and then there was one again <laughs> at third base after we found out that he didn't mess it up bad enough for us not to win the game at that point.
2: I love it. I love it. Uh, the Dominican Republic trip for you, how did that impact you?
4: Oh, that was incredible. Um, I've always, on everything I've ever filled out or talked to people, was like, what's your dream place to go? I've always wanted to go to the Dominican. You, you hear about the baseball, you hear about how it's like, and getting to play the teams like Escojito and all those teams and beating, beating one of them pretty good. when we were down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was just incredible. And then being around the people and getting to like, not in like a resort hotel setting, but really being down with like the people that actually live there in the cities, the villages and stuff like that. It was incredible. Um, I think as it's such a, to see the smiles and happiness on everybody's faces, like it's such a, and, and the amount of how big like Jesus Christ and God is with those people is incredible. We got to pray over meals with them and mm-hmm. stuff and, like, they were telling me stuff to say in Spanish. Like, that was like a prayer in Spanish, but I had no clue what I was saying, so I kind of said it, and they were like, gave me a little head nod. I like, no, they, like, they told me to say it. Like, I, don't, I think that was right.
2: <laughs> Close enough, right? They exactly. know what your intentions are, right? So I, I feel like one thing I do as a broadcaster a little too often is rely on the vernacular of the game without maybe explaining it better. And we talk about the Cape. Well, for those that don't know, the Cape Cod League is a summer baseball wood bat league, and it's the premier league, and it's on Cape Cod. But you went to the Cape, and you were an all-star. Yeah. It was. That had to be a pretty awesome experience. Even if it's a bad experience, guys play poorly. I know they talk about it glowingly. How was your Cape experience?
4: Uh, mine was absolutely incredible. I mean, the host family I got put with was awesome. The Peters family was the best. Um, sadly, they moved, so I won't be going back with them this summer, but uh, it'll be different. Uh, but baseball out there is incredible. Uh, the scenery, the lifestyle, those people get to live right on the water. Going to the beach every morning before the games, like it was – the whole thing plus baseball made it just a great summer. You were
2: drafted. You're a Sox guy, so it's kind of close to the. Yeah. Did you get I, the Fenway day?
4: I, we had a we had a um, the first day was like a camp style, like a showcase style yeah, setup yeah. Uh, on Fenway, which is pretty yeah. cool.
2: BP at Fenway. Yeah. How'd that go? Oh my gosh! Did it's you curl so, one around Pesky's pole?
4: No, it's like 380, <laughs> 20 feet right next to it. I couldn't pull it even close.
2: <laughs> what uh, What did you do in the off season? To make yourself a better player was there anything specific you focused on
4: i think the big thing for me has always been like size like in speed was like the two big things i heard coach mac when i walked in talking about i need to steal more bases and he's absolutely right um and i think just just getting bigger stronger hitting the weight room hard mobility being athletic um being able to you know make plays a short and do everything i can to steal bases and be a better baseball player all around
2: gavin keelan is our guest a proud wisconsinite do you have any thoughts on the super bowl
4: uh, I mean, I was the whole team was picking against Liggett. So, I mean, everybody was picking the 49ers.
2: I think I was in the same boat. I'm kind of tired of the Chiefs, but I'm a Broncos fan, so I'm a little mm-hmm. biased. What um, I asked Carson this. I'll ask you, too, in the spirit of how's the room? How, how are the guys? How's the camaraderie? How's the c- companionship? I know the Dominican Republic can really impact that in a positive way. But how is this club been in terms of gelling off the field?
4: It's been really good. Um I mean coming in like there was a lot of transfer guys, a lot of freshmen, a lot of guys coming back. And I think the amount of people that came back helped so much with that with a lot of the senior leadership that we have and a lot of older, you know, juniors and seniors and then we just kind of just bonded. It got it was very easy. I think Considering that we're all baseball players, we love the game, that brings you pretty close already. And then being around good people, because we have a lot of good people on the team, makes it even special.
2: I saw Jake Sparger at the leadoff dinner. I kind of credited him with that uh, Wisconsin pipeline. And these people were telling me we brought in a freshman from Wisconsin who's better defensively than you are. And I didn't want to buy that until you told me that they were right.
4: He's pretty Are good, you buying man.
2: this, Alex He's Alasea? Good, That's,
4: yeah, I mean, I call Mijo all the time. Like, I mean, it's, that's my guy. I mean, um, I've got – I know growing up, we played through hitters baseball. Um, so, I got to be around him but not really get to know him. And getting to know him here, he's even a much better person than he is a baseball player. So, it's really cool to be around him.
2: Were you surprised about his physicality too? Because I feel like Omaha Challenge, he, he did pretty well, didn't he? He's not the biggest guy. but He's a really good runner. He's a
4: brute. And, yeah, I mean, like he, he can – it's incredible if you could watch him squat and everything else we do in the weight room. I mean, and, and at his size as well. I mean, he's probably like – 155 pounds, but he can he can throw some weight around, man. It's it's pretty cool. He works hard, so he he earned everything that he has.
2: And your middle infield group is kind of an interesting group because you bring in a, a transfer from Maris, Dylan Hoy. His first year, his only year, he's voted captain. And yeah. somebody told me he's got more energy than Napchek. I yeah. didn't believe that,
4: but I'm hearing that's you true should. as well. When he if he gets an opportunity to be up here, he might be up here for two hours. Like he won't stop, and it's it's a good positive energy. So it's always fun to be around him. He's always you know high level you know he's pushing you to be your best and pushing himself to be the best so everything he does is just exceptional
2: all right real quick favorite uniform
4: oh that's so hard i'd probably have to st- i'll go all blacks the all blacks on friday right. night are pretty cool it gavin, sets the tone
2: appreciate your time man good yeah, luck we'll you very see very you this weekend gavin keelan our guest that's going to do it for our first dan mcdonald radio show we'll be here at parlor all season long again that schedule's on GoCards.com. so we'd love for you to join us here, and if not, hopefully you can listen in. I will be on the radio for all 56 regular season games. 54, of those are on television. So there are only two this weekend. You're stuck with me with no other choice. But hopefully you'll tune in. We thank you for joining us. It's great to be back. We're going to play some ball this weekend. We'll see you at the ballpark.
0: Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?
1: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
0: Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too with video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere.